want you to open your Bibles, if you will. Um, open them over to John, and we'll go to John chapter 17. I have a few verses before we get there, but that's the main place where we're headed. And this is our fourth week in our series called Uncommon, and um, this is going to be an Uncommon Sunday. Amen? Is that all right if it's an Uncommon Sunday? Yeah, yeah it's going to be a little different. Um, the Lord laid in my heart a couple weeks ago just kind of a picture of today's service, and so I'm going to preach quick. That means I'm going to talk really, really fast. I'm not going to say anything less. I'm just going to say it really quick. No, I'm going to preach quick, and we're going to get in the presence of God. Amen? Amen? We're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at the Word. And then we're going to let God just, we're not let God, God just wants to always touch his people, amen. And so here in a few moments we're going to get into that. But it all stems, what the Lord starts laying in my heart is it all stems from uncommon, this week we're looking at uncommon honor, okay. I believe God shows up in a place where we give him uncommon honor. And, and I think that's what we saw. When you saw um, last week, we talked about the last few weeks, Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael. When you see those four Hebrew young men, the way they went after God was uncommon. It set them apart from those that were around them. It probably even set them apart from other uh, Jewish people at the time, really, to be honest. I mean, they were just those passionately going after God. And we could see an uncommon pursuit in Daniel when it came to the things of God. You could see that. You could see an uncommon commitment when it came from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We called them by their Hebrew names last week. And, and, but we could see that uncommon commitment. And because of that, because they treated God uncommon, they got to walk in some uncommon stuff. Amen. Because they had a heart to honor God in a way that was separate from those around them, God honored them with his presence. And when they ended up in the lion's den like Daniel, God showed up and shut the lion's mouths. And when they ended up in the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jesus showed up and was the fourth man in the fire. That's awesome. I want to be a house where Jesus' no honor goes up. That's all. I just, I just want to be a house where first honor goes to him. Amen. I'm glad you all love me. I'm glad you honor me for years. Call me pastor. That blesses my heart. You, that's not a, a haughty thing for me. It's like I get to be your shepherd, you know. But everybody, let me just declare, first honor goes to Jesus every time we come in this place. Amen. And so these people lived that way. They had that idea that there was no king but Jehovah. And because of that, don't let it be lost on you that the honor they had for God separated them. But it didn't just separate them from those around. I've been telling you, it separated them for what God wanted to do. And I believe there's a word over Momentum Church that he wants to do some great stuff in and through us. But he's separating us for it. And I believe it's going to come down to us having to understand what honor looks like when it comes to honoring him. And so what's neat about this, they had no king but Jehovah. That's how they acted. And because of that, remember, it positioned them to be in the middle of what God was doing rather than looking in at what God was doing. The king would have to look in and say, oh, my gosh, the lion, their mouths were shut. The king would have to look in. Oh, my gosh, you don't look like you've been burnt up. You don't even smell like fire. Not an ash one on you. Amen. I can't say the same. This morning, Pastor Marvin, he's like, I need some lotion. My hands are ashy. And um, you took my lotion. Now my hands are ashy. Can you see how ashy my hands are? <laughs> Not an ash one on them, you know. Why? Because they had determined in their heart to honor God, you know. And that, that caused a 
like struggles with them, and they had to be committed. And, and, and if you missed some of these first services in this series, please go back and look. I don't have time to build back on that because the Lord showed me where we're headed today. I'm only going to preach about 15 more minutes, maybe not even that. I'm not lying. <laughs> Say, don't lie, Pastor. I'm not. I'm not lying. But here's the thing. It positioned them for the manifest presence of God to show up. Isn't that awesome? What does that mean? The visible presence. For God to show up in such a significant way that other folk had their jaws dropped. That other people would see and know, oh my word, God Jehovah, there is no God like Jehovah. Amen. That's what came out of Nebuchadnezzar's mouth. And so those who honor God, guess what? They get a glimpse of God. Don't miss that. Those who honor Carter and those who honor God, they get a glimpse of God. Amen. And we want to be the kind of church that first honor goes to him. And I'm going to lead you into something here in a few minutes where we're going to go after him in honor. And what's going to happen is he's going to show up. And when he shows up, things happen. Amen. God begins to do a work in our hearts toward each other and through God and through each other toward us. It's just the most amazing thing that begins to happen. And so the manifestation of God's presence, who he is, God wants us to have a glimpse of that. I think of, of Moses of old. He had a heart to honor God. And so he went before up into the mountain to seek God. And there, the Bible says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful God, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So he got a picture of the character who God is. Isn't that what we should be like? Like faithful, abounding in love, gracious, just like your mother-in-law, right? Right? Yeah. Like well, that's, that's, that's the character that God wants in us. That's I believe showing our work out in our lives. But listen, the lasting work of character, because I believe showing honor to people is part of that character that we have. But the lasting work of character development always starts with Jesus. It always starts with Jesus. If it starts with us trying to will it or trying to strengthen ourselves just to show honor, and that's where it starts, it can borderline on humanism. It can borderline on, on um, 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 positive thinking only, you know. And most of us are like, I'm positively not wanting to honor that person, <laughs> you know. And so, no, that character of honor begins with Jesus. And so I want you to see what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35. Let's stand to our feet. I know we've been up and down. But I want you to see this. A culture, say a culture of honor. Honor towards God, honor towards each other. Let's say it again, a culture of honor. Honor towards God and honor towards each other. Watch this. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That first bastion of evangelism of the church isn't us going out and preaching in the streets. It's us taking care of each other, right? Up in here, up in here. Amen? That, that's the first part of that. Amen? And now watch, a friend of mine, Eric Quackenbush, he may be here today, I'm not sure if he's here this morning, but he and I were talking about this, and he wrote this and sent this to me, I love this. He says, this love amongst the family of Christ is what creates the light on the hill that draws people to it. If the body will love one another like commanded, we'll have the world knocking at the door and saying, I want to be a part of this. Amen. Amen. And so that, 
I believe is uncommon honor. I think that 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 one anotherness, watching out for each other, it is it's to me it's honor. It's it's, it's I'm esteeming Alex. I'm choosing to esteem Eddie. I'm choosing to esteem Paula, Paul, and and and, and I'll esteem some ladies too. But but I, I'm, I'm but I'm just I don't know why I ran off a bunch of men's names. Jennifer, I'm gonna esteem you. And everybody's like, everybody's like, I'm standing still. I know, I know. Hold on, one more verse. One more verse. Romans 12.10 says it this way, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Can we all read that together? Ready? Read. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another with honor. One more time. Love. Outdo. Man, that's some good stuff right there. Go ahead and have your seat if you would. Yeah, now that idea of outdo, to me, that almost sounds like competition, but it's not. But, you know, I believe if Amy woke up in the morning in a competition to outdo me in honor, well, I believe I woke up in the morning, she'd win, one. But if she did that and I woke up in the morning with the mindset that I'm going to outdo her with honor, you know, then, then, man, this strong bond starts to take place between us. And, and if it's just between us, that's one thing. But if we're going after God together and we're showing that kind of honor, this strong anointing, this unity starts to come that's not our own. And it's something that people will look in and say, man, that's a great marriage. You know what I mean? Or, man, that's some, some, some people that are, are trying to do it right, you know, even though it's difficult because you're, you're married to Pastor Ross. And we all know Pastor Ross and all that kind of stuff, right? I messed up that yesterday. I did not outdo my wife yesterday. Is this not true, baby? Yes, I, I, I did not. We have some guests coming this afternoon for supper or for dinner, and, um, and I did not outdo myself in honoring my wife. There was things left undone when she got home with the girls, because thank God she finally found her mother's dress. <sighs> Man, we were, we were interceding for her. I mean, it's like been weeks of looking. It's driving me crazy. And so yesterday they sent a picture, and I was like, yeah, that's the one. And, um, but, aw. But then she came home, and the dishes weren't done, and the kids weren't in bed. And yeah, it was not good. But, but, but we ought to outdo one another in showing honor. And, and you see that. As I say, the character of Jesus. You see that in the character of Jesus and his father, right? You, you see the father say things like this. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's beautiful. There's a sense of honor there that you can hear from the father to the son you hear Jesus say of his father I don't want to do this dad but if it be your will don't let the cup pass from me in other words I'll take that cup of suffering I'll do whatever you're telling me to do because I honor you God by doing your will amen and so you see the honor of a son back to the father and Jesus he embraced the will of the father upon him but guess what in turn he asked us to embrace his will in turn, he turns to us and wants us to embrace. So if I'm honoring daddy, y'all better honor each other. Going after daddy is my character, Jesus, I think, would say to us, all right? If I'm, if I'm going after daddy, you know, and, and, and <coughs> modeling that there is this relationship between dad and I, then when it comes to y'all, you go after each other and show honor and outdo each other. Do you think Jesus outdid himself? That was, a, that was one of the preaching moments right there. You should have just shouted this roof off. Do you think Jesus outdid himself? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of sin you were bound to, but in my life, Jesus outdid himself. Amen? I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what kind of, of situation you came out of, but I would think for some of us in here, Jesus outdid himself. Amen? 
And so we see that idea of God just wanting that to be in our lives too, outdoing ourselves when it comes to showing honor to each other. Let's look at John 17, 1 through 4. When Jesus had spoken these words, he's speaking to his disciples. I love this. They call this the high priestly prayer. In other words, as Jesus is a mediator between what God desires for man, Jesus stands as the priest. And this is the high priestly prayer. In other words, if we can flow through this teaching, if we can flow through this, this message in this prayer, then we get to connect with God and God can, connects with us and, and we can see God do what he wants to do in our midst. Amen? That's really all I'm wanting. What God showed me a few weeks ago was to set this up, get out of his way, and let him have his way with us. Amen? That's really what the Lord was laying in my heart. So we'll, we'll tell you what that means here in a second. It doesn't mean snakes. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Maybe one tiny one. No. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. There's this mutual honoring that's taking place. Since you've given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you. That's us, that we know him. That's eternal life. Only the true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. I do believe honoring God through doing his will is one of the key ways we honor him. We're going to talk about that next week when we look at uncommon purity. So don't miss next week. And he says, and now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. So we see this high priestly prayer, God, Jesus, us. Jesus is right in the middle of it, and he's just asking God, he's asking God to, to touch us with what he has. That, 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 that passion, that heart that Jesus has to connect with the Father, to see the Father's glory in him. He wants to see that glory in us. Verse 13, but now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That should cause you to lean forward, because we need joy. So, so when we hear something like that, okay, what, 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 what's he going to say? That we can have our joy fulfilled? What is that? He goes, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. This is the passage of Scripture where we say that we're in this world, but we're not of it. Yeah, yeah, this is the passage. That, that actual sentence is not in Scripture. The context of the sentence is here, or the construct of the sentence is here. But that's where we get that, all right? That, that we're in Babylon, as I've been teaching the last few weeks, but we are not of Babylon, amen? <clears throat> God has a different way for us. And so we want need to find out what this different way is so that our joy can be fulfilled. We need to find out what God's saying. It says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Watch this, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. That's, that's us, that we will be one just as you, you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me, the glory that you have given me, I've given to them. Say the glory. glory. That they may be one even as we are one. In them and you and me, that they may have become perfectly one so the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you have loved me. This idea of the glory of God, I believe when we come into one, when we come into his presence, his glory starts to show up in our lives. The glory of God is the manifest presence of God. That means the visible presence, the tangible anointing, the who God is moving amongst his people to do what he desires. And if we walk in honor toward him, there is an opportunity for us to walk in what he desires for us. Amen. But so often we come to church for us and for each other first. Who gets the first honor? Jesus. 
Amen. And so as we go after him, the byproduct of going after him is this glory shows up. And in the midst of his presence, man, us together get united. And us together get needs met. And us together get strengthened. And us together get edified and encouraged. And, 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 but, but our target isn't each other. Our target first, our goal first, our first focus is on, on him, on Jesus. And so then his glory shows up. And I love that, you know, and that is an uncommon thing. And when God's glory shows up, guess what it does? It produces a oneness to us. You know, one body, Momentum Church. And my heart is to lead this congregation in such a way that when people walk into this place, they sense the presence of God. Amen. The tangible anointing of God, not something spooky, not something weird, but just something real. And they can see it in your hearts. They see it in how you honor each other because you go after God first. And that byproduct of honor for each other begins to take place. Listen, we can't go after unity without going after the presence of God first. We can't, you know. We can't, we can't just, I'm going to try to be unified. No, sometimes to be unified, you need the presence of God to show up first. Right? It's not always easy. I had somebody this morning, before I ever preached this sermon, it was a God thing, had held ill will against me for things I probably did do wrong. I'm just going to be honest. I mess up. Amen? And I apologized. I mess up. And I didn't do something very well last year as far as how I handled the situation. And the person was carrying hurt. And before I ever preached this sermon, came up to me and said, I don't know, I just feel like I needed to get this off my chest today. And man, we prayed together. And all I could think of was, God knew what today was. Because we're going to go after God. And when we go after him, he's going to do something in our hearts. Amen. And God gave us a little taste of that before service. And that was just awesome. And then we had unity after that. Prayer and unity came from that moment, but God first. And so we get more of God, and guess what will happen? We start to get more of God, we'll start to get more of each other. We'll start to understand each other. We'll start to have unity together in this house. And so in his presence is what we want to, 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 to target today. And, um, and I, I want to do something real quick. I want to ask our furthest travelers to church on a weekly basis, at least the last month. I don't know if they've missed a Sunday. Daniel and Ruthie, come on. I want Daniel to go to that door, and I want Ruthie to go to that door. Pastor, they travel three hours to be at church, and you're kicking them out. No, just stop at the door. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they live in Tennessee, and um, their boy, Alex, is one of our members here, and, um, and they just love momentum. She said, we're coming back in a couple of weeks for the marriage seminar. <laughs> so you got to love that. But, but I want them to be up there, okay. I want, you guys are good buddies, you know. So Matt and, and Gary, go back. Gary there, Matt over there, all right. And, um, and we'll get, we'll get some, some ladies here. I'm going to use my wife, Amy, Katie. Katie, go back to that door. Amy, go to that door over there, okay? Because you know you can't trust a preacher's wife. <laughs> All right. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. What I, what I want you to see here is there are aisles and there are altars, Okay. There are aisles. There's pathways that we choose that can lead us to the place where God meets man, okay, where we can make our comment at the door and go out the door the other way when it comes to relationships, all right? It's like, well, that's the last time I'm ever going to, mm, and you just walk out the door, you know? But there's an opportunity to come down an aisle to a place called an altar, that place where man meets God. And here's the thing. Amy doesn't have to be on the same page with Katie to start off with. All Amy's got to do is have a heart for God. Amen. Amy, come to your man. Come on. 
Katie, come up here. Come, so watch this. As they come toward the altar, everybody say the altar. As they honor God's presence, automatically they start to join closer and closer and closer and closer. Man, they have all these big people. Uh, closer and closer. There you go. That's all, they're both tiny. That's awesome. You can have a seat, all right. You know, marriages. I mean, what is causing a marriage to, to, to have division? You know, what's this gap between? You can make your statement at the door and go out the other way, and that's it, I'm done. Or you can follow a path. And I'm going to tell you right now, that path is honoring God first. You can't begin to do right by God and not do right by people. Now, somebody is ugly. I mean, when I say ugly, I mean like spiritually ugly, okay. Like they've been baptized in pickle juice, you know what I mean. Somebody who is ugly, all right, they may think they're righteous, but they're not. They're self-righteous. I'm not talking about that. But if you really go after God, you know, Gary, um, uh, Matt, come on. You really go after God, and um, as they start to come forward, you know, as friends, there could have been a division in their life, whatever it might have been. But as they come toward the things of God, to honor him first, they can't help but get into the presence of each other. Oh, that was precious. Amen. And I know I started with the married couple. I meant to stay with Ruthie and Daniel. We'll save the married couple for last because that's probably the hardest, right? Like in our homes, maybe not just marital relationships, but father and son, brother and sister, you know, um, Auburn and Grant. <laughs> so, guys, come on, Ruthie and Daniel, make your way to the altar. So we, we choose the path of honor, but we're not trying to honor each other at first. That may be too much of a sale, but we're honoring God. And as we come toward God, we can't help but begin to honor each other. Amen? Amen. Don't you, I love that these guys come so far. God bless you guys. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And here's the thing about that. When we get into the presence of God, let's stand to our feet. When we get into the presence of God, what's beautiful, we don't see competition then. All right? We see completion. When we get into the presence of God, we don't see strife. We start to see a place of safety. When we get into the presence of God, we stop seeing division, and we start to see unity. Isn't that awesome? And so what I want us to do today, you're going to be like, what in the world? We have purposely cleared this aisle, this altar. And these aisles are open. What I want us to do, I want us to go after God like we have never gone after God in this house ever before. Because there's an unprecedented honor that God wants us to give Him. Because He's going to rise up unprecedented honor between us. And that's going to be something that's tangible. That's going to be something that's going to affect our children when they see us as adults <laughs> acting like adults. Amen. When they see us going after God and having those kinds of connections. And so here's what the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me a couple weeks ago that we were going to open these altars up. People were going to come to worship at these altars, shoulder to shoulder, going after God together. And then God is going to do what God desires. And I don't know what that is. In the first service, there was people prayed for for healing. There was people prayed for for, for strength. There were people repenting at the altars. You know, we have a baptismal tank up here. At some point, you may go, I want to be baptized. I want to profess my faith in Jesus publicly. We have towels. You may say, hey, you know what? The crud of life has been on me for so long. And man, I am repentant and I want to give that to the Lord. And I want to find myself in that baptismal tank. Hey, later on we could do that. You know, I don't know what God might do. Amen? All the Lord showed me two weeks ago was, will you open up the opportunity for us to go after God, for the body to go after God, and I will show up and I will show out. Amen? And so here's how it looks. You ready for this? 
I want 30 people, 40 people. I want this altar full of worshipers. I want the aisles. If you, if you want the aisles, I want it full of, come on, you can come right now, amen? And, and why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? <clears throat> we want to give God honor to God, first honor. Now listen, you may be standing there and like, Pastor, there ain't no way I'm going there. I get it. It's, I, I'm not, and that doesn't make you any less or any more spiritual. The ones up here, the ones that, that you know what I'm saying? I get that, all right? So what I, I'm looking at y'all that are, are willing to come up here and begin to worship with everything you have, you guys are like intercessory worshipers. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to worship, but man, you're going after God in intercession in a sense. You know, standing in the gap, man, I will worship if nobody else worships, I will worship. If nobody else stands in the gap for honor in this house to go toward Jesus, I will stand in the gap to honor Jesus. If nobody else, man, I'm going after God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. We hold back nothing from you. We reserve nothing from you. You are God, and you deserve all our praise. You are our King, our great God, Jehovah. You are the one, Lord God, that is the, the fourth man in the fire. You are the one that shuts the lion's mouths. But we worship you with everything that we have in this place. In the name of Jesus. Please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.